You gotta make it work. You gotta, gotta make it work. You gotta make it work. You gotta make it work. Gotta, gotta make it work. I share my workspace with Merlene, and this bitch is singing like a songbird. Gotta make it work. 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 This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 82 for the week of August 10th, 2015. I am Bravo XKB, David T. Cole, and I'm here with Uneven Hem Sarah D. Bunting. Get me stapler. Glue gun abuser Tara Ariano. Why would I learn to sew? Thoughtless user of the sponsored accessory wall Heather Cox. Insert Tim Gunn frowning here. <laughs> and producer of student work, Jessica Morgan. I did not make it work. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, please extend a warm EHG welcome to our guests, the Fug Girls, who are very kind uh, to join us for our discussion of Project Runway Woo! today. Heather and Jessica, thanks so much for being on the show. Yay, thank you for, having, thank you for us. having us. Yay! <laughs> and also, we're going to say everything in unison, just so you're aware of that. <laughs> Listeners are used to that from uh, me and my own work wife. Um, are you? Have you guys still been watching the show, or did you like um, Tom Lorenzo give up? <laughs> I gave up, and I can't even remember when I gave up. That's how bad it is. You know, Heather and I went and we saw the final show in person at Fashion Week a couple of Fashion Weeks ago, and it was like or a couple of years ago, and it was so bad that I think I kind of left, and I was just like, ugh, I am out. Like, I can't do this anymore. So, but you know what? I say that, and yet I think I watched all of last season anyway, so. <laughs> it's just something that happens to you. Yeah, yeah. It just, I think I'm out, but I'm really not. But no. they still send you to cover it for the cut, right? Or no, not anymore? To cover the, not sh- anymore. the shows, rather, the the actual runway shows at the end. No, not anymore? We'll find out. Well, we're we're covering it for Cosmo this fall. We'll find uh, out. I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks whether we're going. Um, exciting. I don't know. It's it'll it'll be interesting. It's it's pretty dreary. It's often it's often like ten or twelve people. Oh God, trotting oh, out collections, oh. and the game becomes trying to figure out which ones are the finalists based on how depressed some of them look, or whether <laughs> any of them are crying, yeah. or whether any of them seem ashamed. <laughs> wow. You have to uh, get the ruler out and measure the eye rolls. <laughs> exactly see who's actually there to win yeah that is a grim game that sucks because when we were at the in the audience that i don't know what was it like season it was season three or four or something i want to like say it was season three it was laura um oh michael knight uh who else was, that was it? jeffrey oh jeffrey yeah it was Savilla. the year that jeffrey won and then whoever oh was yeah first. you want to be there for that one that's classic yeah yeah and that was basically you know who was on the stage was who could win yeah for the most part right yes and that was fine it, it got yeah, it got to the point for long. us where like we would be stealing glances at the people sitting next to us to see what they were tweeting so we could identify the people because I was like, oh. what is her name again? And I'd look over and someone <laughs> would be tweeting like, Julia is doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, right, that's who it is. <laughs> Half the time it was actually because we would be sitting like right behind Tom and Lorenzo. And I'd be like, Tilo's going to know who that guy is. And in fact, they did. So I'd be like, Tom, who is that? And he'll be like, it's Lauren. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> Shout out to Tilo for helping us through that, let me tell you. And if they're putting that many sort of false contestants in the final, they do flatter themselves, don't they? As to like just how much yeah. of a, a scoop it would be to have the like final a, four. Yeah, I don't think anyone cares anymore. I think back then it was one thing for it to be like kept under this lock and key, the results. But now, uh, 
Well, some of it is, I think it, they, they shoot the finale at a different part of the air cycle now. So they basically, they start airing it much closer to fashion week, which I think is a mistake because that means that, yeah, that's the mentality they get into is that they need, well, okay, we had 10 contestants left on the air. So we have to have all 10 of them show. And I I really don't think you do, but you know, who's going to tell them not to be paranoid? (laughs) Nobody apparently. (laughs) So here we are season 14, I want to say. Yes. Yes. 14. And I find that uh, having this podcast introduces me to just the right amount of needing to watch Project Runway, <laughs> which is like once or twice a year, because I find like I do enjoy it in the moment. I find much like Top Chef, I have no frame of reference as to whether the output is worthy of any of the judges' judging mm-hmm. or not. Like uh, I can't tell if one blouse is better than the dress or whatever, or whether green should go with that yellow and all that sort of stuff. I am underqualified to do that. But like the human drama of a show like this is better than say Survivor or any of those shows. Yeah. Um, Survivor's it for me. I think Survivor's better than, I was thinking this when I was watching this show last night or two nights ago that I find Survivor to be so much more like compelling season to season than Runway. I, I think like, they've. What I, I like about this run is, out of talented people to be on runway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree. And so this was really the first season where I was like, "Wow, that yeah. top three is thin gruel." But that's so, all they had. Yeah, yeah, there isn't really anybody left. I think to really apply to be on the show that is somebody that you're going to be like, "Oh my god, this person is an amazing undiscovered talent." I mean, maybe not, but that's sort of how it feels to me. And on Survivor, like, you're always on an island. Stuff's going to be crazy. So, What what I like, the difference is that I find on Project Runway, you know, they're not playing that metagame so that people are instantly whoever they are. You know, if they're bitchy, they're bitchy from episode one. If they're, you know, duplicitous by nature, that shows up right away. You know, I'm not going to share with you and all that kind of stuff. Right, because it's a judged show and not a... A jury. Not a, yeah, not a... Uh, yeah, right. Not, yeah. A vo- not a voted show. But, uh, you know, Survivor, when it comes down to the, like the final four or whatever, then that's great. I mean, that's great social stuff for me. Too. But there was some uh, cutthroat thing, cutthroat thing rather in this first episode, which we should say Sarah is covering all this season for us on Previously.TV and, and we differ on this. So I asked Dave to cut this clip for me. Can you play it, please, Dave? Sure. As you know, we asked you to bring your personal toolkits with scissors and rulers and whatever you need in the workroom. Now, something completely unprecedented has happened. Three of you, David, Swapnil, Merlene, brought nothing. And I have to tell you, I'm absolutely incredulous. How can this be? It's like going on a long camping trip and not bringing any toothpaste or shampoo. What are you going to do? I mean, you have to depend upon the kindness of the other designers in the room. I think it's so rude. I think they should all go home. Like, if they don't care enough to bring their own supplies and just expect other people to figure it out. My suitcase weighed 80 pounds. I weigh 100 pounds. And I carried it, you know? Suck it up. <laughs> that was Lindsay. Suck it up, bitch. <laughs> My, Ugh, hate her. I love her. <laughs> I love her, too. I thought, But I could see why people would hate her. For sure. I get it. Yes, of course. Because she's, you know, she's the person who's like telling it like it is in all her interviews. But when that clip happened, I turned to Dave and was like, I kind of agree with her. If they tell you to bring your supplies and you don't bring them, then what? 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 Like, how? Sure. What are you going to do? If and then that's in your... what they were actually told. Exactly. That's and what I was going to no say. no idea what they were actually told. Right. And, and that's what you said in your post. Seasons. That's why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
before that, like when they're doing the little turning the lights off at their station thing, they had identical like black toolkits that if your only experience with the show was watching it, I would assume that you would be issued that toolkit. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. But like read your instructions. I'm yeah. sure it was written down. Well, we don't as... know what those were. I totally right. agree. We just don't know what they got. So, yeah. I, and I do think there's, it's certainly possible that it was written in an ambiguous way so that this moment would happen. So there hmm. would be three people who would be like, well, whatever. And then, you know. Well, right. Because it feels weird that this is the first season this has ever happened. Right. After, out of and how of many. The and then three, three of them didn't bring it. Like, it seems. Of the three, two of them are international as well. That's, yeah. like, I feel like there was some weight limit thing that was not. It's also a part of me that's like, really, you can't give them a tape measure and some scissors, you guys. Come on. Yeah. But <laughs> Go also, to Office Depot. Don't put you it want, on the credit card. Don't you really want your own stuff? Like, you know, isn't there like a, a personal attachment? Isn't there some sort of level of customization to your kit that you, I mean, you know, a measuring tape, whatever, but yeah, you know, I got to believe like yeah. if I were to go somewhere and had to do computer stuff, there's no way I would want to like have to use somebody else's computer and kind of deal with that. I would want my, my own setup. <laughs> it's just making me think of, you can use the loner sock from that episode of the Simpsons. <laughs> you're trying on shoes. It's all gross. Yeah. It's neither good <laughs> Um, but yes, I don't think Sarah and I really differ on this. I just wanted to play that clip because I was so with Lindsay in that moment. She's already one of my favorites. And the other is another one that Sarah hated, which was Kelly, who we heard in the intro. Which one's Kelly? Kelly is the one with the accent and the huge hoop earrings who's from Boston, I think. Okay. She did a little. She's okay. She did a little sundress that had a lot of like unnecessary yeah. straps across the chest. But, <laughs> eh, you know, it was actually better than what Lindsay sent down. That weird like. Sarah called it like a a Hannah Horvath special of a romper, but I was thinking like not yeah. even it looks like Old Navy to me. Yeah, I felt like a lot of this looked very sort of like down market, you know, like this is supposed to be the outfit that really speaks to you as a designer. And what speaks to you as a designer is like a romper that looks like you got it at Old Navy for 30 bucks. I don't that's not very aspirational. Yeah. I think that's a big problem with the show in general is like you don't start to feel like any of these contestants are putting anything out there that's different. They're just kind of reacting to what's in right now. Mm-hmm. And Except that doesn't for make for very the, uh, interesting viewing. Small Asian lady who just went with a, uh, <laughs> a tablecloth. <laughs> what or, did or you guys kitchen, think of that? Because I was like, it's hideous. It's a hideous colorway. But I liked the idea. I defer to the is fuck girls. Me? Girls, you tell us. My thought was, this is something that is, I thought it was poorly made. If it had been well done, then she could have done that thing where it's like, oh, this is like this like ass, like weird, you know how sometimes the stuff is intentionally ugly and oversized and yes. like purposely not sexy. I think she could have pulled it off if she was better at what she were doing. Like if that whole thing had been in like a crisp white sort of futuristic thing, mm. I would have gotten it. But like the color was horrible and like she didn't line the jacket and I just think she kind of fell down on the execution. But there is room for like that weird sort of futuristic designer mm-hmm. that I think um could have I mean she could have pulled it off theoretically. Tilda Swinton's gotta buy her clothes somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <right? laughs> yeah. Precisely. I, I agree. That is exactly what I said was a Swin reference. <laughs> totally. And also Sandia without the crying. Yeah. I thought, um, I agree with you. If it's going to be that simple, it should be perfectly finished. And it wasn't. Um, even for something oversized, it was giant on her model. It was terrible with her skin tone. I have a question about that whole thing, which oh, is like what? when you're designing for a show, like, like you would know your model, right? 
Like it seems no, like they the just mo- meet them that day. No, I I know they do in Project Runway. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. But like, if you're actually at a show, like so many of the of the cost uh, costumes, so many <laughs> of the uh, of the, of the dresses and everything this week were like the wrong size, and it just seems like they introduced the models so late in the process. Uh, it seems unfair in that television, you know, uh, forced drama kind of way. Well, when else were they supposed to have done it? They had one day to do this challenge, which again, we talked about this the last uh, time we talked about Project thing, Get measurements it's from the, your model? Yeah. Well, they, but I think they do, don't right? they? Yeah. yeah. They get their they get oh. their measurements. Then why are, why yeah. were so many so swimming? Because they're not good. They're this just is, not good. This okay. Not good. All right. Yeah. Okay. They're not What's good. It? And it's like the whole thing is kind of a forced situation. It's an accelerated schedule. So yeah. I think that's just one of the consequences that they want because that's a way to guarantee that some something will happen. Someone's yeah. outfit will not fit. Were there any that you thought were really special or great? Or even any that you would wear? <laughs> you know, <laughs> start at that thought, baseline. I thought, Mer- is it Merlene? Yes. Is very irritating. Yes. Um, however, I thought she was maybe the only person that sent something down the runway where I thought I can imagine seeing that at Fashion Week. Like, mm-hmm. it was a real outfit, yeah. I thought. And it was it was innovative. Like it felt new without feeling costumey yeah. or like self conscious. Yeah. Um, I agree with Sarah as she wrote in the post that the color was hideola. But, yes. Um, but I loved the cut of it, and it was it fit her model beautifully. Like way way better fit than any other thing we saw. I think. Yeah, it seemed like a real outfit to me, like a real design, unlike the aforementioned romper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you agree can with forgive about, any number uh, of sins, What about too? Ashley, who eventually won? How did we feel about that one? Oh, is Ashley the one with the purple hair? Yes. yes. I like that. I actually thought that was very good. She was the other one that I thought I was like, oh, okay, she knows what she's doing. Like, this is a real effort. Mm-hmm. The other people, I felt, it just felt very, like, uninspired. It's sort of sad because, you know, you don't know what your challenge is going to be, but this challenge seems like something you should have been thinking about your whole mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I mean, I, I said to Dave while we were watching it, like, this seems like a trap that they set for them, too, and it was a trap that caught Duncan, because if you have a, a brief... The trap, sorry, just to remind everybody, the trap being that the challenge was... The challenge was just, here is, oh, well, it, first of all, it was a mad dash to, like, grab whatever fabrics you can, so it was, right. like, that scramble aspect, but, but but then, once you have your fabric, you're just supposed to create a look that um, represents you as a designer, and I think sometimes like that's too vague <laughs> you know like there I think there are people that would have r- risen to the occasion better if they had more of an idea but like I also understand that's the idea and and it's to catch out people like Duncan who's like well I just thought this was nice but I guess I'm gonna have to work on figuring out what my point of view is like mm, yeah maybe do that before you apply for Project <laughs> Runway right. exactly yeah um, I agreed with I like Ashley's look too and I thought that was a that was a fine one to be the winner but I also was like spending that whole time waiting for there to be some kind of loophole because the eyelet fabric that she used for the top wasn't one of the ones that she grabbed oh, she right. got it from from one of the other designers who didn't end up using it so I was like spending that whole time waiting for but you didn't use one of the four fabrics that you picked and then it was a total non-issue so you know if there was if tradesies were allowed then if three people got to use scissors from other people. I think that that would be sort of a tough call for producers to make to dock her for using somebody else's fabric while I'm not three saying contestants she, gets to stay in the show. Of course. I'm not saying she should have been. I'm saying no, I was no. waiting for that to be like a thing. Oh, yeah, know. yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. It feels like any other year it might have been, because, yeah. but they already had Scissorgate, so they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't need it. I liked her the most. I hope she goes far. Yeah, I did too, other than the girl. I liked her too. But that's true, though. I mean, like, you know, to grow up big and then, you know, get into fashion, that that's like 
you know, if that's not a mission, what is right? Cause yeah, it's, you know, totally. like once, once you hit a certain size, you're pretty much wearing sweatshirts and, you know, well, cargo especially bands. because on runway, I feel like there's always that one episode where they have to design for quote unquote real people. Yep. And like three fourths of the designers start like crying and bitching that, Oh my God, they can't design for a non-model. Totally. Um, which always enrages me because yeah, you, sh- you oh, should be able too. to, if you're a good designer, um, but I'm thinking hopefully she will be like, I have got this one on lock. So I think that she's um, a good addition to the stable of designers, hopefully. Yep, I agree. Uh, final thoughts go around the play, but I'm worried that uh, Tim Gunn is developing uh, translucent skin syndrome. He's hitting that age <laughs> and apparently makeup department can't really fix it because he is uh, David Lopening something serious on that uh, on that dome. So it's a little sad. I haven't watched the show in a few years, so, you know, maybe it's just... I don't think you've watched it since the last time we talked about it for the podcast, yeah, actually. which was probably a couple of years anyways. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wish them all the best, <laughs> but I really want that skin to be looked at. Uh, yeah. Any other final thoughts, Heather? I just will be interested to see how this season goes. I'm going to try to stick with it again and see. My concern with Runway is that usually you watch that first episode and you can see it. Like you can already see like, okay, there's only like three or four of you who even have yeah. any place in the finale. And I almost feel like it makes all the other episodes disposable to me as a viewer. Yeah. Because I'm like, I just, I, I don't know what the rest of you are doing messing around here just so that I can, you know, spend an hour with you every week to get to the inevitable outcome. So but I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out and see if it plays out that way or if I feel like it was worth my time. So we'll see. <laughs> Jessica. Um, I'm also concerned about Tim, but mostly because I have never seen him get to a point where it seems like he hates everybody <laughs> so early. Yeah. And he's yeah. already there. It's true. He already, totally he already is like cursing them and telling them he's so disappointed and he just met them. So, I mean, this could be amazing for the show, but I love Tim and I want him to have like happiness in his day-to-day life so I'm a little bit worried yeah that is striking especially since whenever he's interviewed like he talks about how he came up as you know he's a teacher he's an educator he's you know usually supposed to be encouraging people and then to tell them when they have like three hours left in the day oh terrible not only that but to have given the advice to the guy that ended up getting booted that got him booted like and doesn't use his like uh safety whatever is you know his uh his veto yeah. Yeah. Because like I feel like he said I yeah, I realized show wise why they didn't do it, but I feel like he is the reason why that ended up on the runway. Mm-hmm. Including the color and everything. He had, didn't have anything to say about that. Ugh. And then I was kind of expecting him to use it. I know that that would be weird to have a day uh, episode one veto, but I kind of feel like Tim Gunn probably thinks that he's the reason that guy's going on. Well, there was an analog. Sorry to bring this up because it's it's the, it's the project runway of monster makeup. But on Face Off last season, they had the Battle of the Champions and there was one where they did a troll challenge. And one of the team captains told all his people, don't do a predictable troll thing. And then as soon as the, you know, the other expert came in, he was like, none of these look like trolls. So and the on the actual reveal stage, the captain did say i told them to think outside the troll box and so this is my fault i feel like tim gunn should have done that too i agree yeah um my final thought is i know that the carnival look that blake did was like objectively not worse i guess because it was not as boring but i didn't think it was i I thought he should have gone personally i thought even though i know that crazy beats boring usually on project runway that look was really crazy and really terrible sarah close (laughs) close it up um I agree. I think Blake uh, should have gone home. Um, but He's also less likable. You... Yeah. 
Well, and he talked a big, expensive couture game Mm -hmm. in his talking head, and then he sent out that um, sad clown foolishness, but uh, (laughs) it's better to act like you know what you're doing. Yeah. I also agree Tim is suffering from, I don't want to be there, itis already, which is sad to see. And they start off with too many people, and yeah, there's a lot of problems, but I'm still in. I can't quit this show. I don't know what they could do that would make me quit. I've decided my hope for the season quit, is that Tim Gunn's moods are going to lead to like a whiplash moment. Where it's, like, <laughs> it's just the season of Tim Gunn's mental break. And we end with like full on like J.K. Simmons, spittle flying right into someone's workstation. Someone gets stabbed with their borrowed scissors. <laughs> exactly. That and I'll teach you not to bring your own. Amazing. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hey, Liv. We just finished watching Season 9, Episode 2 of Face Off. What's the first thing that happened when they started the episode? They went on to the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn about the Coast Guard today? <laughs> that it guards the coast of Canada. <laughs> just Canada? Do you think other countries have a Coast Guard? Yeah. Cool. And, and you learned what the coast is, too, right? Yeah, but they went on the Canada Coast Guard, right? No, they were in the United States. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they went on the Coast Guard, and they learned what the challenge on the ship for the Coast Guard, and they learned what the challenge was going to be. Yes. Which was? Um, they had to make... Um, Sorry, my voice is kind of running low, but they had to make a beautiful but deadly siren. Mm-hmm. And what's a siren, Liv? It's a mermaid that that sings beautifully, that makes ship crash into rocks, and the mermaid loses its tail, and it makes it look like it has... Legs to, and then it starts singing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'd fall for that? Not really. Why not? <laughs> if I saw Mermaid, I would think it's a trick. So better not even try because it might lead to something dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did you like the the inspirations that they had this episode? They were kind of funny. Yeah, they had different sea creatures as inspiration. Um, some of the most beautiful and deadly sea creatures, actually. Oh, is that what they said? Yep. And they worked in teams of two. Did you think that went well? Kind of. <laughs> in some cases, I guess it did. And in some cases, depends on which people. Because some groups, like their cowlick, like one group, their cowlick looked like they were working against each other. Mm-hmm. That was. Uh, Libby and Missy. Don't think she's saying Libby. Mm. She she always thinks when they say her name, she always thinks that it's me. Yeah, but I I realize you're not on the show. (laughs) Not old enough, but soon. Mm -hmm. So who's in the top? Kevin and Meg and Nora and Brittany. Did you think that any of them were beautiful? Not really. Which one was your very favorite, though? 
Nora and Brittany, the fella Bellina nudie branch. <laughs> yeah, and then Neville called it a nudie brock, like he's all fancy, but we were going with nudie branch. <laughs> nudie branch. Yeah, and uh, out of the top two teams, who is the very most top team? It was Kevin and Meg. Uh, actually, Meg. Yes, Meg won. Um, theirs kind of looked like uh, a snail. Did they do a snail? Textile cone snail. So the body was kind of mushy, but the judges thought that they did a great job. Did you think that one was beautiful? Yep. It's like you didn't cover the body, but Glenn said you didn't cover the body, but you um, made a beautiful design where you needed to pay attention to, and you did a good job blending it in to make it beautiful. Yep. And I made it deadly. Yes, the deadly was the teeth. And who's in the bottom? Omar and Sydney and Libby and <laughs> Missy. And the very bottom? Omar and Sydney. And this week they eliminated two because they didn't uh, eliminate anyone last week. So both Omar and Sydney went home. Theirs was really weird looking. It just looked like they painted a girl's face white and put a helmet on her. V said it looked like a little boy dressed up in a costume with like putting a helmet on. Yeah, so they didn't do a great job. Do you, uh, do you think the Coast Guard is a cool job? Yeah. And dangerous. Yeah? Why? Why do you think it's cool and dangerous? I would think it would be cool to have a job around the boat, but dangerous to, like, to see a bad guy um, riding on a boat bringing something dangerous. Because they could use the dangerous whip. <laughs> if it's a weapon, they could use it to maybe attack. Oh, so so you'd have to be very brave to be in the Coast Guard? Yeah. Thanks for speaking with me this week, Liv. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. And I can't wait to go to Great Wolf Lodge with you. Yay! <laughs> Sidebar. I love the idea that Liv thinks, like, the coast of Halifax is constantly being attacked by Somali hunters. It's the 14th so line of defense. The Coast Guard. It's not, because of the Coast Guard. <laughs> Uh, explain what Great Wolf Lodge is. Oh, it's like an indoor water park. My parents are visiting my sister, so they were all going there this week. And they all got ear infections. End of story. <laughs> At no point. No Coast Guard can help you in now. Your rambling, nope. incoherent response. Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now Domer. 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 <laughs> All right, so if you remember from the last podcast, what is happening in the Dome is it's the apocalypse outside, or is it? It's not. What was actually happening was uh, Christine, as we remember, the Mark Helgenberger character, was in her cocoon um, trying to heal from the stab wound in her side that the EMT thought was going to kill her, whatever. Uh, pause for a moment. I'm yes. just curious if uh, uh -huh. Heather and Jessica watch Under the Dome. I know you don't. I'm sure they don't. I don't. I in fact, go ahead, one. D and you did, okay. I did, and I stopped watching and listening yeah. to even just that little part that yeah. Tara summarized sounds an awful lot like Passions. Yeah. It, it, it's in, Well, I'm going to read part, I'm going to read a direct quote that, from this episode in a minute, but what happened was she was in this cocoon healing from the stabbing with the MTB, fatal to a Luazen. While that was happening, she was, she was basically in like getting an oxytocin drip that whatever. So while she was doing that, she was using dome power 
Sorry. <laughs> amethyst power, yeah. which is the amethysts are in the top of the, and they live in the roof of the cave where the cocoons are. And sometimes they oh, are TVs. Way. And sometimes you can see uh, what people are doing in them, like a magic TV. Oh fucking God. Listen, this I'm not even passions. at the stupidest part yet. So um, she was she was using <laughs> amethyst power to project the fake apocalypse onto the dome. So from the outside, we find out in the latest episode on Thursday, People that were outside the dome just thought it was it was black and they couldn't figure out why. But to people inside the dome, it looked like the apocalypse was happening outside. But Christine was just doing that so that everyone inside the dome would pull together somehow through methods. I don't know why this would make everyone pull together. Never mind. In this episode, she wakes up and tells everyone that that's what's happened. And she needs them to uh, set up a mining operation today. This right. is something that they 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 build a winch above the cavern so they, they can pull out the amethysts. And here is why. <clears throat> this is a direct <laughs> quote from the episode. She's speaking of the amethysts. They power the dome like batteries. The egg kept them charged. But when it was destroyed, the amethysts began to lose their energy. And I used most of what energy was left to heal myself and to create the illusion that brought us together. If we bring the amethysts above ground, I'm hoping we can recharge them. Okay, so here are 17 things about that speech. One, what the fuck does an egg and an amethyst have to do with each other? Your metaphor is not clear. If this was a comic book, it would get laughed at at a comic book store. In their defense, Tara, the egg was purple. No, it was black. It glowed purple. Sometimes it would glow purple. Um, she's hoping that it recharges them. You're an alien. Isn't this your whole thing? Why, why don't you understand your own plan? Uh, also, if you're, if the dome power and your ability to command it means you can project an illusion that is going to fool everybody inside the dome, how come you still haven't killed the five people, two of whom are idiot teenagers, one of whom is in a wheelchair, and one of whom is Julia? How come you haven't killed all of them yet? Why are you so bad at your job? <laughs> Under the dome is the worst. So bad. And wait, I found out. Consider this. Yes. Maybe like the aliens are uh, doing this on many, many worlds. Uh-huh. And Earth is a low priority. So Marge <laughs> Heldeberger character is just sort of like, you know, the McDonald's night manager level of competent. Right. And that's what they sent out there because that's all they had. Okay, maybe. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But um, the show has been renewed. We found out at, oh at the TCA press tour today. <laughs> and they say that the dome is going to come down at the end of this season. However, the dome also seemed to come down at the beginning of this season. So that could mean anything or probably nothing. Wow. But I can't believe That's they're awesome doing news. another season. That <laughs> is fantastic. Stephen King thinks of this. Well, he, he wrote a- he wrote an episode in season two, and I think he directed it as well. But I feel like he just has to turn it on sometimes to be like, wow. What? I know. I would not have gone there. <laughs> he has not um, been involved in a while, to my knowledge. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's just counting his money. What does he care? Uh, also, right, true. Amethyst Power sounds like one of those uh, sort of new age <laughs> stores where you can buy like, you know, like a crystal ball being hugged by a dragon, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit yes. Showtime synergy. Yeah. yeah. If, Maybe oh that's God, the direction you're going for season four. I fucking wish, you guys, oh from God. your mouth to whoever's ears. I, I, I never would have dreamed this would get picked up again, but I'm so happy it is. <laughs> Uh, now Poor that Tara. I don't have to watch at all and just get to hear about it after the fact, and we are all domers. Just one more complaint, sorry. 
Um, in addition to the Just whole thing with, <laughs> I know, with the e- how eggs and amethyst don't relate, there was a runner in the first two seasons that was all about butterflies. Yep. And now they seem to have abandoned butterflies except for the cocoon part of it. And now they're just talking about like that Christine is the queen and everyone else is a drone. That's bees. Why do they have cocoons? <laughs> Why didn't they make a hive? Why isn't anyone thinking about these things? It's like this show is written like a game of telephone. Like it's crazy how little any of it relates to any other part of it. All right, we can proceed now. But why? <laughs> uh, welcome to Around the Dial. Now, Tara, usually go first. Do you, do you want to take a back seat? Do you need to calm down? No, or you... I'm fine. Okay. Um, I just had, I have two things to touch on for my Around the Dial. One is it was the last Jon Stewart Daily Show on Thursday. It was a nice send-off, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have done without the whole him lecturing us one last time about being aware of bullshit like okay now that i won't be here to protect you (laughs) exactly it was a little here's your rape whistle seriously off in the world with you um but the other thing i want to talk about was i am kate which unfortunately has been dropping like dramatically in the ratings since its premiere and i think the reason is that people thought it was going to be like a makeover show (laughs) because it's a kardashian related (laughs) project and it's on e and there was a lot of stuff in the, like the promos really emphasized the, like the girly parts. Like there's the shot of Caitlin in the closet with Kim, like showing off her dresses. No oh, mom has that one. Ha ha. Like the actual show is nothing like that at all. Is anyone else watching it? I Just watched me? the first one and the okay. other ones are on my DVR. It's really interesting. Um, I thought the first one was great. Yeah. It's ve- She, I mean, I assume that she has some part in the production. Like, she must be a producer on it. Like, she's very, like, letting them put a lot of stuff in it that is not flattering to her at all. Mostly about the last two episodes, the episodes two and three were a two-part about her taking a road trip to San Francisco with a bunch of other trans women. Jennifer Boylan, who, Sarah, I know you read her book. She teaches at Barnard, right? Um, yes. And both her memoirs are fantastic. Yeah. So it's her and a bunch of other like trans activists and uh, women that take Caitlin to like to San Francisco to visit the, the HRC and like basically give her a baseline education on like trans issues because there's a lot of there was a lot of stuff in the second episode because Caitlin is a Republican where she was sort of talking about like, well, it's not good to have people on social assistance because then they get dependent on it and then <laughs> they had to have, like have scenes where two or three oh. of the other ones had to step aside and be like she has no idea what she's talking about like she doesn't get how hard it is for trans people to like get jobs that will pay reasonably like they really depend on assistance because it's a hateful world and you know people aren't getting what they are due and should be deserving and stuff and so this meeting at the HRC was actually really revelatory because it had actual, you know, like young people, people that hadn't fully transitioned yet, people that had been work, like doing sex work to try and pay for their procedures and stuff to, you know, really like tell Caitlin some shit she had no idea about because she's, you know, white and very privileged and really rich. So I'm really interested to see how her positions on these issues kind of evolves over the course of the season because even in just this latest episode, um, she met a woman who's been tra- a trans woman who's been trying to apply to nursing school and has applied six times and keeps getting turned down because she's trans. And her solution was, we're going to get her story on Ellen and we're going to pay for her to go to nursing school. And then they had to have another person give an interview. She's like, that's great for that one person. <laughs> but what Caitlin needs to appreciate is there's a whole community of people and being the fairy godmother for one person at a time is not as helpful as, you know understanding all the issues and really being an advocate and an ally for them. And so I think that she is like legitimately trying to learn. I don't think these scenes would be included in the show if 
she wasn't. So that's what's fascinating about it to me. It's really good. <laughs> I, I know people are deserting it in droves, but if you were curious about it, you should watch it. It's kind of amazing. It seems like, uh, I mean, I understand the lineage there, but it's too bad like a sister network with more gravitas couldn't pick it up you know right yeah totally it doesn't feel like an e-property at all that's the best compliment i can give it i mean it does kind of it has some of the trappings but like it's getting into some real shit in a real way and it's really interesting it's also been good for uh, ferreting out some of the uh <laughs> the more, more hateful hate. people on the forums and <laughs> yep. giving them the boot nice oh, nice, and, nice and quick yeah not many but the, yeah, they don't but they don't few. take long to, to to make themselves known yeah. yeah all right heather what do you got um, I've been watching something similar. It is the ABC Family version of an I Am Kate hey. style show called Becoming Us, yep. which is sort of a gentle, um, I'm sure they would call themselves a docu-series. Um, it's about a girl uh, whose father, Charlie, has transitioned into Carly. Um, I'm sorry, it's a boy, Ben, whose father has transitioned into Carly. And Ben's girlfriend, Danielle's father is transitioning from Dan to Sally, but uh, Dan, Sally, or actually who actually goes by Sally Dan now um, has that transition has been happening over like a decade plus. So it's basically these two different families that have come together who are in various stages of this transition. And it's, it's very, it's a, it's a little more cutesy in terms of gimmicks than I am Kate. Like for example, and it kind of drives me crazy because I think it steps on some of the messaging, you know, they do their interviews are cut to look or sort of styled to look like they're doing them over like on YouTube or something, mm-hmm. which yeah. I don't even know how that would work. Um, <laughs> there's all these like cutesy little technology graphics and stuff around them. And they do like a lot of texts on the screens and stuff like that. Um, and obviously because these people aren't professional TV personalities, uh, like Caitlyn Jenner has been in her life, um, you have to give them a little more help. So that's when you get some of the stilted situations like, you know, the two kids, Ben and Danielle, having a conversation about taking Danielle's dad bra shopping while they're like taking pictures out by a tree, which is not where you would normally turn to someone and be like, hey, so, you know, maybe we should take your dad to the laundry store. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the issues that have come up are interesting because then you actually do get that shopping trip and it's like you're watching this person sort of feel beautiful in front of your eyes and they're a lot less varnished than Caitlyn Jenner. They've had, it's, it's people with, without those resources, like you Mm -hmm. said, you know, people who are dealing with it in a bit more of a, of an organic way, you know, um, Carly, her uh, daughter is getting married. And so she's at this, she's, she's been at the, um, rehearsal dinner and the wedding and there's issues of whether people are comfortable with her walking the daughter down the aisle there's people whispering and talking behind her back about her transition there was even a scene where she took her hormones with the daughter and they were talking about all of that so if you can get through some of the cheese of you know the setups for these conversations it's actually a really nice chaser to i am kate or even just a counterpoint because it just feels a little bit more like this is what regular people are going through people yeah. who can't pay to feminize themselves in particular ways or yeah, people who understand a little bit more about, um, you know, what it's like to walk amongst the real people and to struggle with these kinds of issues without any kind of a platform on which to help get through them. Um, So it's been kind of, it's been very interesting. I I don't know how they compare in terms of quality, but in terms of tone, it's a little softer, gentler. um, But I would recommend people checking it out just as, just as like a, a companion piece. Nice. You ever bully or hurt anybody again? I'll come back and butt fuck your father with your mom's headless corpse on this goddamn lawn. All right, Sarah. True Detective, season two's over. Oh my god. Let's hear about it. Uh, what can I what can I say that uh, Big Ray didn't already say for me? Um, I'm glad I stuck it out, I guess. 
Um, but it really was like a pretty much a total failure, like huge come down from the first season, com- like no sense of humor about itself, way too Byzantine, some serious miscasting. Um, I appreciate Vince Vaughn's effort and he did get better at the end, but I think most people who aren't TV critics for a living were gone by then with good reason. Um, I am very interested to see what becomes of the show behind the scenes for the third season, mm-hmm. because I think this is proof that sometimes you can't just let the creator do whatever he wants <clears throat> because this is what you get. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been picked yeah. up yet. You said in your article as, as uh, yeah, yeah, as of this recording, they haven't made a decision. I doubt they'll cancel it, but I think they're going to put a pretty big harness on uh pizzicato or, <laughs> Pizza Five or whatever it's so, <laughs> yeah. Five. That'd be a good show. <laughs> yeah, the Pizza Five. Yeah. And yeah. they solve crimes related to missing deliveries and stuff like that. Yeah, I was reading um, this morning. I read Willa Paskin's like just ba- a, a straight up plot rundown of like these are the events that happen, and it was like I had no. It was not helpful at all. Like it still read like. Just, I mean, it was like under the dome, the crime version, like what a mess. <laughs> like reading well, that for me, I'm a, I'm a non-viewer. Yeah, I'm a non-viewer of Game of Thrones as well. And I still sometimes will read the recaps just so that I'm sort of aware of the things people are <laughs> yeah. enraged about. Yeah. And reading that rundown of True Detective felt a lot like that to me where I just was like, some of these words aren't making sense to me in this order. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't know if this is how language works. Like I just, ugh. I quit yeah. after a couple I mean, episodes. I, I cover it. I it. watch them all. I read that thing and I was still like, who? <laughs> yeah. Gasp. Stan. Yeah. Oh, well. It's like trying to explain to somebody. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jessica, what do yep. you got? All right. Well, I just would like to give a shout out here at a public forum to the season of Big Brother. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are Big Brother watchers. Oh. Um, I have watched all of them. And Ow. after two, yes, yes. Well, I mean, as you may remember, in the dark ages, I did mm-hmm. recap it for TWAP, yep. the, um, a, a wonderful uh, season of it, actually. Yeah, that was but a good season. It was so good. Evil Dr. Will. Yep. And then, yeah, that was a good time. Um, but the last two seasons prior to this one were, were pretty bad. Like two years ago was the season everyone was like such a terrible bigot that – they actually had to put oh, a disclaimer yeah. in the front of every episode. Oh, my God, that's right. That was a bad time. Yeah. Poor Julie Chen. And then last season was not bad, but basically nobody did anything. Like the guy who won ran the house and he was awesome and I liked him, but it was very boring. This season, stuff is happening. Like this one kid has a crazy vendetta about this other girl that we've seen none of this on the show. It's just you cut to him in diary and he will be like ranting about this woman. It's as if it, it's totally in his own head. Um, <laughs> the aforementioned woman was hit by a train on her face <laughs> and was not disfigured. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like stuff is crazy this season. And I just would like to, to welcome my former Big Brother, fellow former Big Brother fans back into the fold. <laughs> Obviously, you do not need to have watched the last couple of episodes. It's people in a house. They vote people out. It's very easy to catch up. Um, but if you've been thinking about it, like that your TV watching schedule is missing three hours of Julie Chen, um, I think you should come back. And I have a question for you as someone who's watched every season. Yes. Do you agree with me that all the business with like the 
veto and the the power and then the, the like just having two heads of household. Do you agree that it's gotten too complicated? The actual yes. game parts of it. Okay. But the beauty yeah. of it is they like get to a point where they're like, and we don't want to do that anymore. Like we're back to one head of household. Okay. Um, they had this thing this season called the big brother takeover where mm-hmm. every month or I'm sorry, every week, like for example, one week, Kathy Griffin took over and there were supposed to be like twists and stuff, mm-hmm. but it obviously didn't work. So like three weeks into the, the season, they were like, well, that's never going to happen again. They like, <laughs> never it again. Okay. So they really are pretty good at, at like kind of changing on the fly and realizing that like, oh, this, this like bell and whistle we thought we needed, which I agree with you. I don't think they need any of them, yeah. but I think they're pretty good at like winnowing them out as soon as they realize it's just like a non-starter. Okay. Do you also agree there are too many immunity idols in Survivor? <laughs> yes, I do. All right. But don't you feel like that's like a lack of confidence in your format a little bit? Yes. Like, okay, we have Completely. to guard. Yes. We have to guard against there being no story. So let's just throw in all these set pieces. And yeah. it's so it just it means there's no room for anything else. Yeah. They I never agree. need it either because if you cast if you cast the show well, you're going to get drama that you like don't need to mm-hmm. to make. Like it will happen for you. Trust your casting people. Mm-hmm. Just don't let them cast terrible bigots. Yeah. Just crazy. Sort right of understand why Big Brother doesn't trust people. its casting people at this point. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. But um, yeah, they don't need all that stuff, but they seem to have realized that. All right. All right. I'll close off around the dial. I was doing some homework for game time coming up soon. (gasps) I came across this Saturday morning ad, which I'll play, and then I have some comments about it. Rebo's got the beat and the band plays on. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action play set sold separately. Play it again, Size. Starring Size Noodles, Droopy McCool on clarinet, Max Rebo on organ. Ribbit Rebo. <laughs> Dance, Droopy. It's your last solo, Snoodles. Whoa. Use Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action play set sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. First of all, that music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, wow. okay, there is not uh, a boy or two friends in the world who, A, wanted the Snye Soodles and Max <laughs> Rebo band action set. First of all, no action. <laughs> but second of all, in case you couldn't follow it, the uh, role-playing that they're doing is the Snye Soodle bands, which you remember, they're the, the band in Return of the Jedi that plays, you know, in Jabba's Palace. Don't insult me. Uh, not Utah, obviously. Of course, I know. Um, anyway, so the, the plot that they do during the commercial is they come and play, and for no particular reason, Jabba, I guess, not happy with the performance, drops nice noodles into the Rancor pit, like the dancer in Return of the Jedi. And... Well, first of all, that's really macabre for a yeah. commercial. <laughs> you're not good enough, kid. I guess you're gonna die now. First of all, and then... That kid's probably next step is burning cats alive, I'm going to imagine, <laughs> if that's his first go-to. And uh, the other thing is that those three action figures were just terrible. Snotty Snoodles was the best of the bunch and not great. She's the one with the big you know, pair of lips at the end of her that, that snout. But then there's uh, uh, Max Rebo. He's just a blue elephant. And, 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 and he just looks like uh, a beanbag chair. And then there is uh, the other one. <laughs> And he looks like a pug that's been punched in the face and his face sort of like went in and then you remove your fist and the face is still like all sucked in. (laughs) Uh, Terrible action figures, terrible scenario, uh, terrible marketing versus target uh, market. Uh, It it just, it didn't wash with me. And uh, so there we go. 
everybody. That means it's time for the canon <gasps> in which our guests submit a particular episode of a particular show. Oh, boy. For possible induction into the extra hot great canon. Exciting one this week because it will be a tandem dual partner uh, <laughs> submission. So take it away, Fug Girls. It's actually just me. All right. Um, I, but that's okay. Uh, it'll still be thrilling. Because I am nominating what <laughs> may, without overstatement, be my very favorite moment in nighttime soap history. <laughs> Is wow. Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 28, which I could tell you is called The Bitch is Back, but you don't care because you know it simply as she ripped off her wig. <laughs> it is sure the did. episode with the resurrection of that iconic sack of crazy Dr. Kimberly Shaw, who <laughs> returns from her mercifully shallow grave with this incredible cocktail of vulnerability and insanity and anger and, spoiler, a wig and a head wound. Um, <laughs> Actually, when I was researching this, like you probably recall that in Extra Hot Great number 13, I believe it was, Jessica nominated the Dead Scott episode of 90210 into the canon. And she talked about how 90210 kind of hit its stride in season two after the writers realized that all of their initial instincts were like deadly boring. <laughs> and Melrose Place had basically the same problem. Season one was all about Allison's heartbreak over selling an old car that she named Betsy. <laughs> Or Billy struggling with whether to take over his dad's furniture store. Or the other Vanessa Williams basically not doing anything except wear spandex. Um, and if you compare that for an entire season, and it was like 32 episodes, with season two, this is everything that happened before the wig ripping episode. <laughs> <clears throat> Adulteries, two different addictions, a suicide, a cat bite in a pool, a temporarily fatal car accident, a coma, blackmail, drug deals on boats, prostitution, a peeping Tom, one murder, and two attempted murders of the same person by the same person in the same episode. <laughs> and all of that is before she ripped off her wig. <laughs> but I consider the wig ripping the apex of the slow climb to crazy town. Um, unfortunately, other things had to happen in the episode. Uh, it is not a perfect episode, but that is kind of part of its charm. Um, for example, I have picked some weird clips for this, you guys. Um, for example, there are some wonderfully achingly dated pop culture references, like the following gem from <laughs> Joe that you're about to hear. She is trying to give direction at a photo shoot for her model to look excited. And this is what she came up with. All right, Sarah, now come towards me. Okay. And a Mel Gibson, and he's telling you to come over there. <laughs> Which is basically nowadays, that would have the exact opposite oh, yeah. result of you going anywhere near her. Just a sidebar. Um, as you know, we're also doing a episode by episode uh, podcast on Beverly Hills 90210 called Again With This. And in the episode that we are recording next... Um, someone refers to, uh, it gives an example of the apotheosis of adorable because it's the SAT episode as Patrick oh. Squeezy also has oh. not aged so well. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like this the most brilliant time capsule of all these wonderful things that no longer apply. Like it reminds me of when I reread <laughs> Sweet Valley High and there's an episode where they describe someone as being Burt Reynolds sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think by the time I even read that book, I was like, that is really outdated. The guy from Evening Shade? Wakefield did like a guy with a mustache. Let's Ugh. get real. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry to derail so, you. Continue. That's okay. So, you know, Mel Gibson, uh, point one in this episode's favor because <laughs> it reminds you that uh, this show totally has gone out of style, but in a way that makes it brilliant all over again. Uh, you will never feel older than when you realize you watched a show the first time during an era while Mel Gibson was a valid 
pop culture reference for sexiness. Like, it just doesn't, it's just so far out. Um, the other thing that is sort of comforting about Melrose Place is that you can turn on any given episode ever, and within two seconds, you will find yourself yelling at Jane about her lack of design talent or <laughs> about how it's pronounced design and not design oh, or designer. You. Um, you can also immediately find yourself shouting, shut up, Billy, or shut up, Allison. Or, oh my God, shut up, both of you. And it's as if no time has passed ever. Like, which brings us to this episode where Billy and Allison are planning the wedding that never happens. And let me tell you, as a couple, they were a giant black hole of anti-sexual time suck. They had no chemistry. And in this episode, they basically take turns complaining in like slurry nasal tones about everything from the gigantic budget that her father is giving them for the wedding, which is such a pain apparently, um, to Allison asking Amanda for days off, several days off to taste cakes at the last minute and Amanda saying no, which is apparently unreasonable (laughs) for some reason. Um, And she goes on this like, I don't know. There's, there's like a running theme in this episode about how much Allison hates lamb kebabs, you guys. Like, I don't know what <laughs> lamb kebabs ever did to her. They are not responsible for the haircut she has right now, so I'm not sure. Um, so, basically, I could have chosen a lot of clips, and every yeah. single one of them would have sounded like they were drunk if you listened to it and didn't have the picture along with it. But for me, my this episode contained one of my favorite encapsulations of why they were so excruciatingly, fabulously awful as a couple. And it is this... <laughs> sex noise yeah. that Billy makes while he no. is kissing Allison this, and trying to lift her onto the counter. This might be my the favorite clip I've ever cut for the canon. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I didn't catch it when we were watching the episode. And when you brought it up, I'm like, wow, thank God that you brought this to my attention because <laughs> this is going to be like a drop forever on this show now. <laughs> no. I just love it so much. Oh, God. Billy's sex noise. <laughs> 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 it sounds like the beginning well, of a Muppet. Well, I'm gay now. Thanks, Heather. Ruh, 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 ruh. Yes, it sounds like he's moving furniture. It doesn't sound at all like he's like moving his lady onto a counter for sexy time. It's so And then awful. because of, the, of that clip, if I just made for a second, uh, I then became hyper aware of like everything he did. And so I think this is from just before that. And this is this, is this Homer Simpson-esque kiss noise he makes just before that all happens. So my new hobby is basically going to be watching Miller's Place with my eyes closed oh my and God. trying to like listen to Billy. Yeah. <laughs> this is apparently horrible, horrifying. Um, but you know, so obviously I do love this episode and I think it's because if we did not have the lows, we would not appreciate the amazing highs, correct? Um, one way this episode goes down in history is for kickstarting the spinoff, Models, Inc. Yep. We get a cameo by Dallas's Sue Ellen Ewing herself, Linda Gray, who runs a modeling agency that Amanda Woodward has totally blackballed at D&D. And this gets Amanda in trouble, and she is required to storm in and apologize for being unprofessional. <laughs> for being unprofessional. And in doing so, we get a great soap opera combination of a big reveal and then a cut to commercial, which you will hear here. Hillary, this is Amanda. You wanted the person responsible? Well, here she is. And I believe she has something to say to you. Amanda? Hello. Mother. I love it. That soap God. dish basically did like a parody of that moment before Melrose Place was even a glint in Aaron Spelling's <laughs> eye. It's um, uh, Kathy Moriarty storming into a scene and saying to Sally Field, Hello, Mother. Um, it's like perfect soap opera, and I basically feel like nobody knows better than Heather Locklear how to stop yeah. into her room and land her petulant act break line. So that 
is just sort of a, a nod to the great Amanda Woodward. Um, but all of this is window dressing for the main event in which Kimberly Shaw gently and tenderly removes her hairpiece, <laughs> by which I mean she rips off her wig. <laughs> Melrose Place, for me, really hit its stride when it realized that Michael Mancini functions the best as a smarmy, smug man whore. <laughs> no episode for me is complete without somebody trying to get a leg over him or vice versa. And here he actually manages to hit it with two redheads. The context is that a drunk Michael has caused a car accident that he and everyone believes has killed Kimberly Shaw. And so Sydney, as you do, used that knowledge to blackmail him into marrying her. Uh, now, Michael is never one to let a vagina go to waste. So at the top of this hour, he has decided to go ahead and embrace married life and just nail the hell out of Sydney as much as possible. But he has started hallucinating Kimberly's presence in his house. And then one dark and stormy night, she shows up for real, which you will hear. Is that you? It's nice to see you again, Michael. Kim? Um, was... Is it really you? Maybe. Or maybe you're going crazy. <laughs> Like, this was the 1990s, and yet they're still using, like, 1930s radio play sound effects to yeah. emulate the thunder. Like, you can practically see the and guys that, with that the that sound mix. Yeah. Oh, so dialogue so low, sound effects high. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's all, like, the, yeah, the thunder, the electric guitar. I, there's, like, a hint of wind chime for some <laughs> yes. reason. It's wonderful. And so the, the soundtrack there, as well as the performances, are, like, pure Melrose, uh, which... Again, I appreciate the the real genius of Kimberly for me is that I feel like Marsha Cross can play it and you never totally know if she's sincere, sarcastic, totally crazy, plotting to kill you, possibly all. Um, And she can roll all that into one scene and maybe play all of those shades in one scene um, to the point where it was actually really hard to edit down my sound bites. There were several more I could have used because (laughs) she's so good. Um, But we have to move on and move on. We will. Uh, Michael, we know, does not like to waste a vagina, but he also does not like to waste time in between vaginas. So... (laughs) Once he realizes that Kimberly is alive uh, and that she wants him back, uh, he immediately goes home and he dumps his wife, Sydney, in the most perfect blend of dismissive arrogance with her histrionic desperation and uh, roll that. <laughs> and it all happens next to a big bowl of tuna salad. <laughs> big bowl oh, of tuna salad, favorite, which is the highlight of the scene. moment is the tuna. We have to talk. What's wrong, sweetheart? Let me put that another way. I have something to tell you. I want a divorce, and I want you out of my house today. Michael, this is not a funny joke. It's no joke. It's time to pack it up. I'll front you for a hotel tonight if you need it. Stop it, Michael, please. We're doing so great. I'm the doctor's wife. I'm going to take care of you, remember? (laughs) 
What can I say? It's like I woke up from a bad dream, and now I want to start all over. Maybe you're forgetting, but I can do you a lot of harm. I don't want to, but if you keep acting like this, then believe me, I will. Let's forget about this conversation. I'll just make you a sandwich. Put your clothes in a bag and pack them up and leave now. Are you crazy? I will ruin you, you smug piece of scum. Come on, Sydney. Now let's not start calling names. Everything you. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as four ninety nine a month with an annual membership, and you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. God is gone. Are you ready for that, Michael? Everything. You're going to prison and you're going to be the wife. Get it? I control what happens to you. Oh, no. Not anymore. We'll see about that. Why the ass? We'll see. Ooh. I should have left, left it in, but yeah, before this clip, there is a little discussion about how much tuna salad there is available for Michael to have for lunch. There's a minimum of four cans of tuna in this yeah. bowl. It's like the largest bowl of tuna salad that she made for one person you've ever seen. She and the best part about the whole scene, too, which if I could have down. beamed it into your faces, I would have, is that as soon as she storms out, he like straightens his tie and he looks down and he's like, well, that's done. Ooh, tuna salad. Totally. <laughs> yes. It's, it's so good. Like the tuna salad is the greatest cameo this the show's ever had yep. um so i feel like that whole dynamic it really starts to set up poor sad desperate crazy sydney with smug a-hole michael mancini um and obviously what's gonna happen with the tuna salad that's a cliffhanger i don't know um but sydney of course storms out and decides she's gonna make good on her blackmail by trying to get michael arrested for drunkenly causing kimberly's death and this is the very memorable scene again Obviously better if you can see it, but I think you'll still be able to hear it when she learns that Kimberly is alive and well. And if you can get through all of Gay Matt's, like, inarticulate mumblings, uh, (laughs) you will hear all of that here. So, on the night of the accident when Dr. Shaw lost her life, had you been drinking? A little bit. It was nothing. It's something if you were drunk. It's vehicular homicide. I'm divorcing the woman. She's making it all up. Do you have access to the records concerning blood alcohol levels of admitted patients? Uh, No, not, not, not really, no. He signed a confession. My, my sister will attest he to everything. Page me, doctor. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, excuse me, Detective, but doesn't a homicide usually mean there's a deceased person? This is Dr. Kimberly Shaw. The woman this little twit is saying I killed. Hi there, Sid. Kimberly? What? What? Finally, the reaction I've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sydney uh, fainting, obviously. Yes. Yep. Someone on a soundstage dropped a bag of Idaho potatoes on the ground and <laughs> cut that in. Um, yeah, so Sydney passes out, and we get the great sort of self-aware, cheerful, the reaction I've been looking for. And they have Michael and Kimberly hug and kiss each other and look super satisfied. And every, Matt, gay Matt's just staying there, like, holding Sydney, like, uh, I don't know what to do. I love that clip because also, like... That's really all Matt ever does is just walk into scenes and be like, uh, 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 oh, maybe. Uh. But let's not um, discount so it, the, the matter that a person has just fainted. People are going to assist her. And the first thing they do is trade a big, wet, sloppy kiss in front of everybody. <laughs> well, awesome. Mancini is a very bad doctor, which I'm sure Heather will uh, get to. But like, yeah, the, le- the last thing he's going to do is offer anybody really medical assistance. <laughs> yes, he's a, a bad hospital. doctor and he's incredibly uh, self-involved, which lead us beautifully into our next clip. Because in case you needed more convincing than he's a total tone-deaf douche canoe with only one paddle, <laughs> he and Kimberly go out for a romantic dinner to celebrate that his drunk driving did not actually kill her. And does he spend that time asking her tender questions about how long she was comatose? Does he ask her how she's feeling? Does he ask how she got better or what kind of rehab she needed yes by which i mean no <laughs> instead he orders a bunch of drinks and then he hits her with this question so uh what were you thinking about me all that time you know when you were <laughs> that you deserted me but you didn't did you no i didn't i love you damn it damn it that's it come on tell me how you feel michael shut up Nothing to do with Sydney. It's my head. I've been getting these headaches occasionally, all right? Sure. Sweetheart, sure. So, not only does this fine humanitarian show no interest in anything about her experience other than how she felt about him, <laughs> but he's a doctor and he doesn't seem that worried that she's like recently had been in a coma and is having strange headaches and is like popping pills at the dinner table. Like, it, it's. There's many things about Michael Mancini that I love, but his savvy as a human being and a physician are not among them. Um, So it's classic, perfect Michael Mancini self-obsession, all of which leads up to the moment, the wig ripping. After a sweaty and soft focus hair tossing sex romp that somehow did not disturb a single hair on the aforementioned wig of magic durability... Kimberly apparently over-orgasms while eating Michael's chest and has to take a brief powder to collect herself. (laughs) Once she's alone in the bathroom, it is all systems go on the wig ripping. There is no telegraphing of this moment. There is no second. There's no like long process where you're like, is, wait a minute. Is that, is she about to, is she slowly peeling a wig off of her head? No, (laughs) she just rips that thing off. And if, again, if you could see it, I would make it happen. But fortunately I'm hoping that the, music under the wig ripping scene will do the work for me and here it is
if my ears do not deceive me, there's like a whooshing sound right under there when <laughs> she rips the wig off and then she just stands there staring at her at her head. So I vividly remember watching this for the first time in a room full of people of mixed gender and we were all, I think everyone shrieked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah too. Same, same Nobody here. saw it coming. Um, it was a, it's the most wonderful build to this whole episode where she's acting kind of insane and kind of heartfelt and then kind of cheerful and you understand how she's feeling. Maybe you don't understand how she's feeling and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, there is a giant scar on her head that looks like something out of Star Trek what is happening um it's like I don't know it's it's fantastic so and this by the way I should mention was not even the finale of the second season it's four episodes away from the finale but to me it really is like the apex of the insanity that came before it it's like the cherry on the nutball sundae where you realize that Melrose Place Mm -hmm. totally understands you and exactly what you want from it and is not going to hold back on giving it to you um making Michael smarmy and self-involved and a total like sex addict egomaniac and making Kimberly obsessive and insane and briefly dead were master strokes. <laughs> and this episode to me is the one that really lays the groundwork for their twisted and unpredictable bond that would carry the show for a long time after. And I would like to argue that they might even be bigger Melrose Place MVPs than Heather Locklear. She was credited with getting the show the second season, but other than Bruce, her boss, hanging himself over her desk and her wearing a lot of short skirts and mules and being irritated all the time, it's you don't really remember as many of her iconic moments as you do Michael and Kimberly's. Uh, and this moment is tops on that list. Uh, and I have to conclude by saying that it was a sign from the gods that it belongs in the canon. Because when I watched this episode on Hulu, the sponsor was El Pollo Loco. And their slogan <laughs> is crazy you can taste. <laughs> yep. If there was ever a more perfect sponsor for Melrose Place, I don't know what it is. And therefore, I am nominating this episode into the canon. Good Lord. Well, let's start with, uh, with your internet wife, Jessica. Um, I mean, I obviously agree. I was think when I was rewatching this, I remembered that ages ago on TWAP, um, I had recapped it for one of the oh, charity yeah. Yeah. recaps we did. Yeah. So I feel like it's very poetic that Heather and I have both uh, presented our feelings uh, about this episode for you guys. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that this is maybe the best episode of Melrose Place there ever was. Uh, I think anyone who watched it live has never forgotten the experience of seeing Marsha Cross rip off that wig. Uh, I was in college. We were all watching it together. And we happened to be uh, recording this episode of Melrose for someone who was not there. So we were able in like 1994 or whatever to actually rewind and watch it over again. (laughs) As you can nowadays. We did it four times. It was like amazing. Everyone I know is talking about it. So yes, I I love Marsha Cross. Um, I think she's a genius in this part, and I love this episode, and of course I think it should be in the canon. Sarah? Um, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think there isn't another episode of Melrose that anyone could necessarily name, like I said and thought about it, and I could come up with uh, Patrick Muldoon's hand coming out of yes. the wave. <laughs> Which I just <laughs> watched. about it, and also Allison... Um, remembering that her daddy bad touched her and running off from their wedding, which oh, yeah. she did us all a favor. But anyway, um, this is a quintessential soap moment. This is a quintessential um, group viewing moment. Uh, there is one person who did see it coming like three seconds beforehand, which is our esteemed uh, colleague, Stephanie Lucianovic's husband, Mark. <laughs> oh. That's how I know her. We went to college. Mark and I went to college together and like three seconds before he leaped to his feet. It was like, it's a wig. She's going to rip it off. And then it happened. <gasps> wow. Wig psychic. We used to reenact him reacting to this. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it was that seminal a moment. Um, but yeah, it also has a the abortive models Inc. spinoff and God, poor Cassidy Ray. I don't know whatever oh happened God. to her, but she's like, Nothing. you know, <laughs> Joe's like, you look great, and she's like, really? Like, no, not not really. With <laughs> like no lower lip. Her kind hair too. God. And she you're was wearing like a piece of cardboard with a mouth. <laughs> Lots of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. the model um, at the beach. Yeah. She, yeah. That that all her beats take like a second and a half too long to end. Mm-hmm. She stares at the camera. Am I done now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and that the guitar that um, just got completely out of control, like it would be okay at act breaks like one and two, but at, at the like last act break of the episode, it would just be like squealing higher and higher until the dogs could hear it and have some of and being a biatch and wearing like the super mini like micro skirt suit and then the floppy mules like that I could never deal with and the chunky heels and boring billison it's got everything it was really fun to watch it again mancini 2016 he does ggaf it's awesome yeah why um i agree obviously there's there's no way you can as soon as someone says she ripped off her wig like it's 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 one of the best tv moments in history and well yes it's it's amazing as soon as you said what it was was like yep obviously (laughs) um michael is so much more of a complete bastard than i remembered um he's so great in this episode (laughs) like he's He's so perfect it makes me sad that there hasn't been like a really great comedy vehicle for thomas calabro because he's really funny and he's one of like the few people on the show who understands what it is and is playing it properly i mean obviously marcia cross is another one but the two of them together heather you're so right like they're such a great team on the show um and it was a real pleasure to (laughs) To get reacquainted with both of their crazy asses. Like, yes, she's been dead. She's been alive for 24 hours. By all means, take her out for dinner and drink. That's a great idea. <laughs> right. Um, but also the, uh, the Heather Locklear stuff, you're right. She's not, she, she doesn't get a ton to do in this episode, but like the, that moment where the hello mother and like the, <laughs> that, like you can't teach the exact number of like microseconds that she pauses between the hello and the yeah. mother. Like that's a, that's a genius. <laughs> in her field let's all bow down to heather locklear she knew what she was doing um and yeah allison and billy were so much fun to hate in this episode they're both such fucking assholes to everybody and seriously that was lamb kebabs you guys it's just food like when they decide to have their wedding and they're gonna have shooters cater it and they're like oh buffalo wings and those onion rings we love it's perfect i'm like yeah you know what lamb kebabs would have been wasted on you guys anyway Shooters is not your pool. No, local I, pool hall is not catering your wedding. You imbeciles. No. And the other thing is like, and then I was like, well, did you ask anyone else who lives at this complex if you could have the wedding there? Like, it's really rude. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what my notes say. Like, does everyone else want to go to this mouth or <laughs> reunion? Like no, you're coming home from out. Ralph's with your bags of groceries, like right into a wedding. Like, oh, I guess I wasn't invited. Thanks, but anyway, how dumb is it to have a wedding at the apartment where Sydney is? living she is unpredictable and violent she yep. could set you on fire you don't know what she's gonna do so like it's also just bad thinking yeah was this- uh, the one clip i wanted to get and i couldn't is at the end of the episode when billy and allison are making out and sydney walks by and she's like um i'm getting a divorce just like you will someday <laughs> 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 like, 
they're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's have that. Yeah, exactly. Let's have the wedding where she lives. <laughs> She's is, stable. Is this the same season where the Mel- where Melrose Place gets blown up? Because that was the other episode that's in the canon. And I can't remember if that's the finale of this season or a different season. Is that a Jack Wagner season? Because if it is, it's next season. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think it's next season. That was yeah. a Jesse Murray presentation. God, <laughs> God bless. Oh, that was so a good, good episode, too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no question in my mind. Obviously, this was going to go in. So, yes. Excellent presentation, Dave. Thank you. Uh, back when uh, in Mark 1, I think Sarah's first appearance on the show, she pitched uh, a, an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. And I remember somebody commenting in there, that's not, that's not canon worthy. It's so stupid. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this, this, that, sh- that episode and this episode are like, if you can't have a holistic view of television, you're exactly. really missing out on life. You know, for every, you know, super serious Hill Street Blues, you know, uh, canon worthy episode, there's something like this where it is pure joy to watch. It is like stupid fun. It has. <laughs> you know, uh, it has Dave. an amazing amount of tuna salad sitting on a, <laughs> and I don't know what the set on a, director on a hot beach countertop. Tuna salad. That set director is like, oh, come on, guys, you got to nail this in one or two takes. That's not going to keep. Um, you know, when I I I knew about this episode just through pop culture, you know, osmosis. But I thought there was a fight to do with a wig. I thought like it was like, oh, you ripped off my wig and now we're going to have a fight. I think there is that later. Oh, okay. But that's what I thought this was. And so when it, it just ended and, you know, she takes off the wig and there's that big scar, I just kind of turned to Tara. It's like, what? I didn't quite understand what was, go- what was going on. And Tara, you said something uh, which stuck with me, which is like, yeah, this is back in the day when I guess uh, having a scar just meant you're crazy. <laughs> And not something to be like medically examined and be a cause for concern. It was just like, oh, that means she's crazy. And it doesn't really translate to a first view uh, in uh, 2015. Well, it's 20 years later. We're, I know. we're a lot wiser about I'm just saying, now. from a perspective of somebody who I, maybe I've seen this episode before, but I don't remember it. But it's true. It's not the same if you didn't live through it at the time. But it is still super this fun. So does our Vietnam. <laughs> That's right. It is super fun uh, episode. Except we won this time. <laughs> It is everything about an era of television that seems to have like gone like a show like this today would be too self-aware almost to really make it work. You know, like I think this quality of stupid is like more or less behind us and it's been replaced by a lot of other things. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, uh, like, like more like. Even like reality show stuff, I think you know. Oh, sort for of sure, plays yeah, into yeah. This. yeah. Yeah, this is the Housewives has replaced the Melrose yes. Place in our in our lives. Yeah, but I would also say <clears throat> if you're interested in a in a, a scripted drama of this quote quality unquote, mm. um, you can probably find them on like the Hallmark Channel, like your mm. Cedar Coves. Unfortunately, they are not as campy. That's the downfall. They're just very. I would you say know, that sweet Empire. Oh yeah, good call. Success. Yes, you're right. You're yeah, right, you're right. I can see that. Smart, but like people will choke people and like slap people and there's great outfits and there's a lot of people marching into um boardrooms who are angry mm-hmm. at people which is a hallmark of a spelling show you're right um i think that empire is like kind of the new morrows yeah in the call. best way yeah, it is- had it had a broom beating and if i'm if i recall correctly exactly. the yes. series premiere so yes that's an excellent point thank you jessica uh yeah very enjoyable so i say let's put this to a vote i'm gonna say yes tara yes sarah yep jessica Yes. I think this is our first 4-0 vote ever. Woohoo!
All right, Melrose Place, Season 2, Episode 28 of 32. Oh my God, the bitch is back. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. All right, it's time for Winner and a Loser of the Week. Sarah has her winner. I sure do, and I'm sorry to uh, ruin our good mood, <clears throat> but the winner is Republican slash Fox News. Uh, 24 million people watched the GOP debates, quote, thanks, unquote, to Mr. Donald Trump. Uh, I also have some bad news for my work wife, who I'm always reassuring, like, don't worry, a New Jersey governor can never be elected. He actually was relatively reasonable, like, compared to all the other freaks on that stage. That might not necessarily bode well for his chances, though. That's true. But, yeah, <laughs> we're all kind of losers. Tara, do you have someone specific you'd like to share with the, with the class? Oh, sure. David Fincher um, was working on a remake of the good British utopia that we keep mentioning lately. Um, it was going to be set up at HBO, was already cast, uh, Rooney, one of the Maras, I think it was Rooney, was going to be playing the lead. Now it's all fallen apart over budget concerns, so that is not happening, but it's probably just as well because the real utopia, the good one, is coming to Netflix sometime this month. All of the sources I read when I wrote about it for the site and a little brief item said it was going to be August 1st. It's still not up, but keep looking. It's coming to Netflix streaming this month, so check it out. We don't need a remake. The original is already perfect. Guys. Yes. Do you know what time it is? Oh, my God. It's game time. Ah! All right. This is the sixth game time of the season. The standings are currently Tara and Sarah tied up top with two points each. Value guests right behind with one point. Today, because we have four people. Oh, boy. We are going to play the $25,000 Pharaoh's Tomb. (laughs) My thanks to EHG Assist for helping me out with some ideas for the second half of this game. All right. So Pharaoh's Tomb is a pyramid. and This is the $25,000 Pharaoh's Tomb. Oh. Oh, I get it now. All right. So we're going to, we have six rounds. So everybody's going to play with everybody else. All right. Yep. And in round one, there are four categories. I will name the categories. And if it's your turn to choose, you choose from one of those. Okay. All right. Now, just inside baseball, I'm Skyping people answered. So if there's a little bit of delay between questions, that just might happen. We're just going to have to learn to deal with it as a people, as a nation. <laughs> um, so our first round contestants are Jessica giving to Heather. Okay. Sarah giving to Tara. Okay. 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 So we're going to let our guests play first. They are both playing for value guests. There will be one winner on points at the end of this. Everybody gets a point if you get for uh, a question, whether the receiver or the uh, giver. Okay. Okay. Okay? So if uh, at the end of round one, they get seven out of seven, they both got seven points. Okay. Got it. Because we're mixing it up with a whole bunch of partners at the end of the game, we should have one winner. I will attempt to keep score since it's so, so much going on. Okay. There okay, will right. be, I will be timing here, here at uh, Hawaii HQ for your rounds. I've decided to give you 40 seconds for our uh, opener rounds and 60 seconds for our second half rounds. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh boy. Yes. All right. This is very exciting. Yes. Are we ready to play the new, I'm going to change the name, 
the new 25 Dave Point Pharaoh's Tomb. <laughs> oh! Yes. Much catchier. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Jessica, yes. giving to Heather, here are your categories you can choose from. On the news, making dope. We'll be right back or laugh a minute. God. And we'll use all these categories, but uh, this is how we're going to make it uh, random. You're going to choose. What do you think, Heather? I'll be right back. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. All right. right, We'll be right back. Things sold to you on a Saturday morning in the 1980s. Oh, God. Okay. And I didn't live here. (laughs) I was going to say, we're screwed. She lived in England. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Jessica, I'm now sending you all your words. Let me know if you got them. I got them. Okay. So, with 40 seconds on the clock, you know how this works, right? Hold you on, get to I might explain. Have lost them. Sorry. Where did they go? Oh, here they go. I got them. I got them. Okay. Fine. So, you got 40 seconds on the clock. I'll ding when you get the right answer so you can move on. I will not uh, ding for wrong answers. At the end of the timer, I'll let you know time's up. But otherwise, here we go. We'll be right back. Things sold to you on Saturday morning cartoons. In the 80s, go. Okay, this is a breakfast food that you eat with milk. Life cereal? Just, yeah. Um, this is a doll, and she's Barbie. named after a series of desserts, and she smells good. <laughs> and you can pass. You as might well. not have this pass. <laughs> um, this is what you hand out at Halloween. Candy. Uh huh. This is a boy's doll that's a, like an army person. G.I. Joe. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is where you go to buy uh, breakfast sandwiches when you're hungover. McDonald's. <laughs> yep. This is what you use to, um, you put it on your toothbrush. Oh, Guys. shoot. I oh. Toothpaste. <laughs> um, yes, but I said tooth. Um, Time's up. Oh, and- Time's up. <gasps> All right. It's all right. That was pretty good for a first round. So the ones you missed, uh, a doll that smells like a fruity dessert. Strawberry, Strawberry shortcake. shortcake. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a couple other things that you didn't really have time to get to. Something that's uh, sold to kids. Toothpaste. Yep. For all that candy. And Kool-Aid was the last oh. one we didn't get to. Ah. All right. So you're scoring, Dave? Yes. So you got, was that four, <laughs> right? Cereal. G.I. Joe. Five. Five. Candy. No, you, did you get Strawberry McDonald's. Shortcake? McDonald's. No, they didn't. Oh, no, you're so right. that's no, four. I, it. I yeah. passed it because I panicked. Okay. So, uh... Sarah, Sarah is giving, giving to Tara. So she gets to choose. On the news, making dope or laugh a minute. Uh, let's go with laugh a minute. Laugh a minute. All right. This is a bit of a special one because this is oh. verbatim from the show. Okay. From the original Pyramid. Oh, okay. In That's fun. In the 80s. Huh? I think this is from an episode from the early to mid 80s. So keep that in mind. Okay. 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 Now sending it to you, Sarah. These are... Laugh a minute. Things in a situation comedy. Oh, sure. From the show. Let me know when you're ready. I am ready. Go. Uh, he jumped over a shark tank in his motorcycle. Oh, Fonzie. Um, who's the... Boss. Um, one half of the odd couple, the neat one. Uh, yeah. Felix. The actor. Oh, uh, Tony Randall. Um, he was on MASH. Uh, the first part of his name is a bird. He was on... Uh, is Zelda? A, uh, the character. Oh, Hawkeye. Sorry. 
Um, I don't really know why this is on the list, but it's someone who cleans places, cleans maid, buildings. housekeeper, um, more like Schneider. Oh, um, a superintendent, mm, building super. Time's up. Oh. Oh, the wow, buzz is for time, by the way. Okay. Yes, the buzz is for Sorry, time. Sorry, Dara. That's okay. There you got four points, evening up our game. Ooh. Uh, other things, that was a janitor. Oh, janitor, sure. And the other two we never even had time for, Judd Hirsch <laughs> from Taxi. <laughs> uh-huh. And a veterinarian for some reason. It's something you find <laughs> in a situation comedy. I guess. Why not? All right. So, uh, back to Jessica giving uh, to Heather. Nope. Okay. Heather giving to Jessica. Oh, uh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, Heather yeah. gets to me, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. okay. Uh, on the news or making dough? Uh, making dough, I think. Making yeah. dough. That sounds good, Jess? Yeah. No, yes, let's do it. Okay. So, sorry. It. Heather is giving, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Making dough. Occupations. From The Simpsons. Oh, Occupations God. from The Simpsons. So I want to pre-guess right now, but I'm not. I'm super screwed, you guys. I don't ever watch The Simpsons. It doesn't Sorry. really matter. That, that's the that's the, the beauty of the game. They're just occupations. They're just occupations. Okay, we can do this, Heather. All right, three, two, one, go. Okay, you can check in as this on Foursquare of a place. There. There. <laughs> This word you might it might work for a judge. Um, it sounds sort of like uh, Superman Kent's first. Yes. Someone who drives around in a car with sirens arresting people? A police officer? A cop? Policeman? You're right. Yes. Uh, yep. Blank Lovejoy in church. Runs the church. Pastor? Uh, uh, starts with a different father. letter near that. Um, Professor Frank is a mad... Scientist? A mad... <laughs> yes. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Troy McClure was one of these. <laughs> 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 Oh, five points. Well nice done. done. Nice round. Nice. <clears throat> and I get the last option. Yes. Uh, things on. Okay. On the news. Okay. On the news. Is Here they it. come. There you go. All right. Things on the news. Things on the newscast screen. Okay. Received. Things on the newscast screen. All right. And go. Uh, Brian Williams was one. Uh, the anchor. Uh, at the bottom, the text is called the uh, crawl, the chiron. Ha- yep, um, where you see where places are geographically. The map, yep. weather map. Um, you sit behind a desk. You said this before. A crawl is another word for it. Chiron. You see it for st- for stocks a lot. Oh, uh, uh, the oh, shit. Not uh, with a clock. Not talk, but. Oh. Pass. Um, someone who knows a lot about a subject is an expert. Um, behind you, the TV is also known as a um, screen <laughs> <laughs> monitor. All right, uh, that was and ticker was the other one I was trying oh, to get. Ticker. Stock ticker, ticker of course. Yeah. You also hard. got five. <laughs> we are very evenly matched pairs of internet wives. Right. <laughs> dun dun dun. God, it is like a showdown of internet wives. <laughs> That was round one. Now over. Our scores are everyone's got nine. (laughs) Great. All right. Round two. Jessica and Sarah. Heather and Tara. Okay. All right. So uh, Jessica and Sarah, you get to choose from It's a Living, Rest in Peace, Family Dictionary, and... uh, Oh, this one doesn't have a fun title. Uh, We'll call this... uh, uh, debts paid. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
So it's a living. Rest in peace. Family dictionary debts paid. Debts. Who is who is uh, leading? Uh, getting, Jessica is leading. So let's let her pick. Let her pick. Um. Yes. Let's do. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Ways people die in medical shows. <laughs> All right, we can do that. All right. Yep. Shit. All right. Where are your hints? Got them. All right, I got them. And go. Um, this is a myocardial infarction. A heart attack. Yes. Uh, this is the blank room. Uh, or uh, operating pass. room. Operation. No, pass. Uh, this is another word for if you have been careless. Um, accident. No, it's a longer word. It's like a more legal word. A more... Oh, an accident. Uh, oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Pass. Uh, okay, yeah, this is if you're driving and you have an accident. It is probably called a... Car crash? Yes. Yeah. Um, if you have a knife, this is what you do to someone with it. Stabbing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Time. Nice. Oh. God, Sorry. I wish I got to the last one. Three. That one was easier. <laughs> okay, you can just play it through. Play it through. It's just for um, fun. I'll just yeah. give her the last one, yeah. which is um, a very large airborne transport that killed a variety of people in ER. <laughs> I was really hoping that it would be the helicopter. <laughs> <I know>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Very zucchini easy. played a role in. Uh, oh, yeah. who oh. died zucchini? Uh, it was from the Bob Newhart show. Oh. oh, all right. And somebody dies from uh, something to do with zucchini. Getting yeah. it shoved up the butt? No. Oh. No. All right. Heather <clears throat> giving to yep. Tara. Okay. So, Heather, you get okay. to pick from It's a Living, Family Dictionary, or debt, Debt's Paid. Is that what I called it? Yeah, Debt's Paid. Yes. Uh, what do you think, Tara? Family Dictionary? You choose. You're the, you're the giver. Let's, yeah, let's go right, with that. Let's try sure. Family Dictionary. That okay. sounds terrifying. Family Dictionary. <laughs> family Dictionary are... Words from the Brady Bunch theme. Oh boy! Okay. Words from the Good Brady grief. Bunch theme. Okay. Sarah's like, I, I could have. <laughs> I like that one. All right, here we go. Three. Every, everyone knows that. Two. Song. One. Okay. Go. They. Are we going? Yep. yep. Okay, they are a family group of people. Yeah. A the bunch. Plot oh. or the story. Not apart, but together. Not straight hair, but curly. Nope. Curls. Not silver, but gold. <laughs> um, to take ownership of something or the song. Oh. Move on. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Oh, yes. Um, to have a theory about something that you want to act Idea? on. Like a detective. A detective. Hunch, might- hunch. <laughs> Correct. All right. So you uh, I can't used- it. take ownership of something. Yeah, ownership. The word was own. So oh, I had to ding you for that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but that was good. That was one, two, three, four, five, six for each uh, of you. Woo. I was about to go all like fill in Fresh the latest blanks on you. Ugh. All right. So now Sarah is giving to Jessica. It's a living or uh, debts paid. Uh, uh, debts paid. Debts Let's paid. Types of buildings found on Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, just well, the types of buildings, they're just, guys. Come on. They could be buildings right. that are other places, too. Yeah. Types okay. of buildings found on the television program Game of Thrones. Got them, Sarah? Okay. Yes. Three. I'm ready. Two. One. Go. Um, this is where royalty lives. A palace. A castle. Yes. Uh, this is where horses live. A stable. Uh, this is where criminals live. <laughs> a prison, jail. Uh, this is where you go on Sunday. A church. 
Um, this is where you drink. The bar. Another word a, for it. Two syllables. Uh, two syllables for bar. A, um, oh, shoot. Uh, pass. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, if you're confined, you're in the blank of London. A cell. A cell. Um, blank the, of what London. Was the oh, the... Tower? Oh, tower. Right she the, said it right, right on the, the line. Yeah. yeah, right on the buzz. You got tower. Uh, the one nice. you the couldn't... last one was brothel. Yeah, brothel oh, was the I was last waiting one. For oh, of course. Is the... tavern? Tavern. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's all medievally, so you got to go tavern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, like so our last one of round two. Yep. Uh, Tara giving to Heather. Yep. Your category is it's a living. Kay. Anybody want to guess what it's a living is? Jobs from the Flintstones. Jobs from the Flintstones. <laughs> Uh, Close. Oh, no. Animals who work. Animals yeah. who work on the Flintstones. Okay, sure. All right. Okay. Three, two. You got it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. One, go. This is a bird that has a big uh, lower bottom of its beak to scoop up birds. Pelican. Yep. This is not a lobster, but a crab. Yep. Um, not an elephant, but a woolly. My mammoth. Uh, got a lot of spikes on its back that it shoots at you. Porcupine. Um, not a tortoise, but a turtle. Um, not an ape, but a smaller with a tail. Um, monkey. Uh, it's got eight tentacles. Not a squid. Octopus. Yep. That's it. Hey! Seven, four, seven. Oh, seven out of well seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many did you get in the last one? You got one, like two, three, three, four. No, I'm just looking at those. No, castle, one, two. Three. Oh, they got, I think they got five. One, two, no, three, five, yeah, five. Two, yes. like tavern and I, we didn't get to brothel. Right. All right. Good round, guys. Woo! All right. Let's check into the scores. My apologies that things are a little stop and go, but I have four things I have to take care of at once. Round two, our standings are, we have movement. Heather and Tara at top with 22 points each. Woo! Jessica and Sarah trailing with 17. So we got a five-point spread. a very tight spread. game. All right. Round three. Tara to Jessica, Sarah to Heather. Okay. Tara, your choices are Friendlies, Mm -hmm. L.A. Law, (laughs) Making Copies, Trade Deficit. I'm going to do L.A. Law. L.A. Law. All right. This is another special one from the show. This is directly from the source program. Okay. All right. So this is Tara. You're giving, right? So you're saying this, meaning this was a real category really played on real pyramid. That's right. Got it. And you're giving, right? So yes, I'm giving. Okay. L.A. Law, fictional characters who enforce the law. Okay. All right. Yep. Three, two, one, go. Lives in Hawaii. He's got a mustache. Magnum. Yep. Yeah. Um, not Clark Kent, but. Superman? These are lady cops. They're partners. Blank. Candy Lacey. Yep. Uh, he was a lawyer in the past in a black and white show a long time ago. Two names. Oh, Played by Raymond God, Burr. I don't know. Okay, pass. Um, Sonny and, uh, oh no, I forget their last name. Crockett and Tubbs were on. Miami Vice. Yes. Um, the, uh, they patrolled the highways of Los Angeles. Yes. Yep. And um, he was Fred Dreyer and his partner was Stephanie Kramer, I think. Uh, Not a gatherer, Kramer. but a... Shit. Not a gatherer. Damn. I should have just done that. Yep. yep. You <laughs> fell into the trap. You could have said No one knows Fred chip. Dreyer. That was no help to anybody. Yeah. All right. So you got. I knew who it was, sadly. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Five points. Yeah, that's good. Right. Nice job. Good job. Uh, let's see. Um, Perry Mason was. Yeah. Perry Mason. Yeah. 
and uh, Hunter. Oh. Yeah, Hunter was the thing. That's Hunter. the thing is that you can go. You don't have to attach it to the no, actual I know. show. I know. Yeah. All right. So Sarah giving to Heather. Sarah, your choices are friendlies, making copies, trade deficit. Friendlies. Friendlies. Tara does not get to play friendlies, mm. which is. Food and drink featured on Friends. Uh. Food and drink featured on Friends. You got them, Sarah? Yes, I do. Three, two, one, go. Okay, this is a morning beverage. It has caffeine. Coffee. Um, this, uh, the top of them was featured on Seinfeld, blueberry, corn. Muffin. Um, this has layers like cake, whipped cream, Lasagna? Fruit. Oh, like, uh, t- like a trifle. Yes. Uh, This is the Thanksgiving main dish. Turkey. Um, Chocolate blank. It's a whipped dessert. Moose. Um, Strawberry, blueberry. Put it on an English muffin toast. Jam. Jelly. Um, Oh, geez. All right. This is an Italian dish. It's a sandwich. It's a hot hero. There are a small sub. Oh. Oh. She she got it right on the line, I think. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you. That was Woo-hoo. pretty good. All I right. like that. That was 7%. Nice work. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> good job. So that was uh, coffee, muffin, trifle, turkey, mousse, jam, meatball, sub. Mm-hmm. Right at the end. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven for you. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven for you. All right. Now it's Jessica giving to Heather. No, I mean, to God. Tara. To me. Sorry. Uh, let's see. What haven't we done here? We're making copies. Trade deficit. Um... Let's do trade deficit. Trade deficit. All right. Trade deficit. Where are you? I mean, Jessica gets the question. There we go. Trade deficit. Countries American Networks remade shows from. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Got him, Jessica? <laughs> uh, yes, I Three, yes, I do. Two, All right. one, go. Queen, Queen Elizabeth is the head of this country. Great Britain, England. Yes. Um, they wear giant wooden shoes here. Uh, Netherlands. Um, here is where Jerusalem is. Israel. <laughs> uh, this they call these. Uh, Hamlet is from here. Oh, Denmark. Um, this is called Down Under. Australia. Um, here, this one is uh, where Heidi is from. Uh, Germany. Austria. No, not Heidi Klum. Heidi oh. the book. Oh, uh, Austria, Switzerland. No. No, the other one. <laughs> not Austria or Switzerland or Germany. Uh, it's like Switzerland, but it's the other one. Belgium? No. I don't know. No, Move on. Pass. The next one, they make a lot of cocaine. Oh, Colombia? Yeah. Where is Heidi from? Sweden. Sweden? I couldn't think of what else to say for Sweden. Oh, I don't think she was from there. You get massages? She... I don't think oh, she was Oh, yeah, either. that's true. I that's guess. okay. All right, that's okay. That was six. Still, six for seven. That was good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Six. All Gosh, right. Okay, so our last one, making copies. And Uh-oh. let me see. That's Heather giving to... Sarah. Sarah? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Heather, here comes your clues. This is historical figures featured on Clone High. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, go. Beard in a top hat, shot in a theater. Uh, Former president. A <laughs> <laughs> um, two, Brute. Um, Julius Caesar. Beautiful woman of the Nile. Uh, Cleopatra. Uh, fought in the Crusades as a woman. Uh, Joan of Arc. 
Um, I always think of him as Bob from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because that was the name they gave him. He was a Mongol. Oh, uh, Genghis Khan? <laughs> a man who could was thought of as predicting the future. Uh, Nostradamus? I believe he was a character on Rain at some point. Yeah. Um, and an explorer. Three names. Um, uh, he might have been the fountain, uh, guy. Uh, <laughs> fountain of Youth. Nice round. Ponce de Leon. Yeah. Oh, Ponce. Ponce, uh, my uh, friend Ponce. Yeah, Ponce's pants. <laughs> All right. So that was six. 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 For Another very strong six round. I'm glad five, you knew Bob six. Genghis Khan. <laughs> no actual historical data about him, just that he was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All right. This is exciting, guys. Uh, our standings now from top to bottom. With 35 points, one Heather. Woo! Nice. Second yeah, place boy. with 33, Tara. Mm-hmm. Third place, Sarah, with 30. Oh, fuck. And Jessica, last place, 28. So not a lot of boy. spread. Seven really points spread. Game. All right, everybody. Now it's time for the second half of 25, the new 25 day point Pharaoh's Tomb. <laughs> yep. Which is the equivalent of a final round on the uh, on Pyramid. This is how it's going to play. I am going to give you a subject, and you have to give all the instances of that subject to make your partner say what it is. So, Tara, you had an example? Oh, yeah, like things a dog would say. So, arf, woof. Yeah. I want a bone. I got fleas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, that's what's going to work. You're going to have four, four, four things that you have to work your way through. Um, you can pass on them. You're going to get a full minute. For this, uh, they give you like forty-five seconds on the show, but I figured for six of them, sure. but I figured you didn't get like the you do you don't get the gesture here, so I'm going to say right. a minute. Right. Uh, so uh, Heather and Jessica versus Tara and Sarah for this round. Yep. Uh, just let me know whether you want Group A or Group B, just to keep this random and fair. Okay. Who's starting? Heather. These are going to be Heather giving to Jessica. Okay. Okay, Jessica, what do you think? I'm Group B. Group yeah, B. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Ready? Three. Two, one, go. UPN. Uh, UPN. <laughs> Tyra Banks. Um, UPN, the WB. TV networks, a defunct television network. Yes. <laughs> uh, vests, neckties, spandex. Things Brenda Walsh wore. Belly shirts. Um, Old trends of the 90s. Uh, uh, Things people wore on 90210. Yes. <laughs> Uh, wow. The gazebo, Luke's Diner. Stuff on Gilmore Girls? Um, Places on Gilmore Girls? Places uh, people kiss on Gilmore Girls? Inn. Uh, the Independence Inn. Um, How is this not Places on Gilmore Girls? Uh, oh, or stuff on the Warner Brothers lot? The Town Square? Uh, the name oh. of the... Stuff the, the Where else? I don't... Um, Taylor's Store? Uh, I don't know what else to say that I haven't already said. Thinking in terms well, of... That's it, time. Were you trying to make her say Stars Hollow? Places to go in yeah. Stars oh. Hollow. Oh, shit. I wasn't oh, sure right. how explicit I was allowed to get. I don't know. All right. That was pretty good. That was uh, two. Two yeah, out I mean, of three. She totally got it. It was my fault for not getting the Stars Hollow out of her. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, she understood Jess. what it was. It's a toughie. Yeah. All right. So, Tara to Sarah. Okay. Just doing three. Just doing three. So just do the... Uh, well, just uh, only send me three, and then I'll only do three. Yeah. I guess we'll do that. This, this way I'll have a t- uh, um, tiebreaker. There you go. Thing, if we need it. Yep. Okay. Received. Okay. Three, 
Two. One. My first name is Tyrion. My dad had stones on his eyes when he died. Um, characters in Game of Thrones. Um, I have sex with my sister. Uh, I'm missing a hand. We have the same last name. Thrones characters have. Okay. Lannisters. Um. You can pass. I yeah, pass. About Game of Thrones. Um. Oh God. Um. Filleted. Uh. In a in a soup. <laughs> um, things people are told to do on MasterChef. Um, with classical potatoes. music playing in the dark uh, on NBC. Um, in the dark. Oh, jeez. In the dark on NBC. Oh, right. How people are killed on Hannibal. Okay. Um, Friends, Seinfeld, ER. Um, must see TV. That's Can I go good. back to the first one? Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> This thing's a Lannister might say was Game of Thrones uh, was too oh, specific. Was yeah, <laughs> so said, in the right family name. I always, I always pay my debts. I Wouldn't matter if she didn't get. Yeah. I fuck my sister. Right. Yeah. So true. <laughs> Ooh, all right. So our standings are the same. Just the points have changed <laughs> slightly. 37, 35, 32, 30. Uh, right. And uh, Heather, Tara, Sarah, Jessica. Okay. Round five. Sarah to Jessica, Tara to Heather. Okay. All right. Sarah, do you want group A or group B? Group A. Group A. Group A coming at you. Four this time. Got him? Uh, yes. Three, two, one, go. Um, I am the one who knocks. Things uh, that are said on Breaking Bad. Um... I need a character. Oh, can't, Heisenberg. can't do that. Got to give examples. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, you can't? Oh, sorry. I didn't know that. Um, okay. Um, he uh, cheats on his wife, whoever she is. He drinks during the day. He writes Don Draper? Commercials. Thinks Don Draper does? Uh, nice. Okay. Um, I am passing this next one. Uh, so we're on to number four. Um, I don't think such and so is here for the right reasons. Uh, Things people say on reality shows. I feel connection with you. <laughs> Things people say on The Bachelor specifically. Um, okay, back to the third one. I just, I don't. You giving up on this one? Can't, can't yes. do anything? Right. So What was it? It was, let's see, Rochelle Rochelle. Uh, movies in Seinfeld. Yeah, uh, in Seinfeld. Damn, yeah. I'm so sorry. I just, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right, that's tough. Sometimes you get screwed with just yeah, the subject. It's all good. I tried to and mix I them up. Myself There's... on the first one. Sorry about that. All right, uh, Tara, you get these. You're going to give to Heather. Okay. So Re- that was received. Let's see. You got Draper and Bachelor. Got, yeah, they got two. Yeah, two. Sarah, two. Jessica. All right, Tara, you got them. Yep. Heather, are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Don't fuck it up. Sashay away. Things you, uh, they say on RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm a supermodel. Things RuPaul would say. Uh, Law and Order. Chicago Fire. Chicago PD. Dick Wolf shows. Um, uh, burgers. French fries. Things near three children. Um, soft serve ice cream from a machine. Things they serve at McDonald's? Um... Uh, very themed burgers. Things they serve. Oh God. Um, 
Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she doesn't watch that show. Um, uh, there sure are a lot of vampires here. Um, She's moved on to the next one. Yeah, I moved on yeah. to the next one. <laughs> Things you'd hear on the Vampire Diary. No, that wouldn't be right. Things you hear on True Blood. Um, this is one crazy high school we go to. Let's go see Giles in the library. Things you hear on Buffy. Things people say on Buffy. Um, Things Buffy. <laughs> Buffy is a person in our town. <laughs> yeah. Things you might hear in Sunnydale. Oh. Yeah. And, all right. Uh, pun pun titled Burgers. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Uh, what was it? Pun titled burgers. Food served by Bob Belcher, if you don't watch yeah. Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've never seen that show. Uh, okay. Sorry. All right. That's fine. All right, so you got... Uh, two. Two there. Ugh. And Heather's got two. All right, our standings are pretty much the same. Everybody got two points that round. Yep. So, round six commences our last round. Jessica giving to Tara, Heather giving to Sarah. Okay. Jessica, okay. you want group okay. A or group B? Uh, let's do A. Let's do A for Jessica. Here you go. Bloop. All right. Received. All right. Three. All right. Two. One. Go. Uh, the tribe has spoken. Um, here on the island, fire represents life. Oh, she's giving me. Sorry. Survivor. Thank yes. you here on Survivor. Yes. Um, no, that's, that's not right. Oh, all right. Almost. Um, Things uh, people say on Survivor. Survivor uh, phrases. Survivor Every, catchphrases. Are you ready? Things Jeff Probe says on Survivor. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, shit. I'm blinking out on this one. Um, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Netflix shows. Uh, yes. Uh, make it work. Things the Tim Gunn would say. Things, sort of. Things you hear on Project Runway. Yes. Um, London. Uh, New York. New York. Real world seasons. Wow. Yes. Nice. That's four for wow. four. Wow. That's really... Well done. Wow, that was fast. Ladies. Considering that uh, Tara I'm didn't sorry. even know it was her round. I totally was staring <laughs> off into space. Who's not answering? I thought to myself. Who's so stupid? This is so easy. <laughs> All right. I wasn't fooled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these are for Heather, and Heather is going to give to Sarah. Okay. There you go. You got him. Received. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Don't have a cow man. Cowabunga. I caramba. You are not America's next top model. Um, um, you're either in Banks or say. out. You're either in or out. Oh, things um, supermodel hosts say. Uh, uh, uh. Oh my god, things I'm blanking. Um, supermodels say on reality shows. No, uh. Oh my god, I just blanked on every other thing. You can pass and come um, back to it. Pass for a second. Um,. Oh my god! I might have to uh, limitless the new limitless. Um, uh, Joe's Bradley Cooper is on. Um, oh my god! I am whiffing on this too. Uh, adaptations. Um, okay. Uh, adaptations um, of movies. Star, teen vampires. Okay. Um, wow! I look a lot like you, except that you're human and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Boy, I'm your clone. Say on Gosh, Earth really sucks you sure ruined that <laughs> that was good uh, that was good uh, by your command maybe for the last one by your command yeah, should have been. Uh, things a Cylon might say that's like, oh that's funny uh, I'm let's so see. sorry let's, I let's, let's workshop number two uh, uh, you're fired uh, things, in addition- that, things that reality 
judge says? Oh, like, so like kiss dismissal, hops, right? Oh, dismiss lines. Yeah. Yes, yeah, catchphrases from reality shows. I just, oh, okay. I, all of a sudden, I literally, my mind just went blank. And I was like, what does Julie Chen say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but right. first. models, and I'm like, what? How else can I Yeah. It? <laughs> so this is very interesting, people. Oh, boy. All right. Now, with that last round, our standings are Tara with 41. Heather with 41, Jessica with 36, Sarah with 36. Oh, my God. So I guess that tiebreaker question is going to come in handy. How are we going to do it? I don't know. Oh, no. Uh, How about this? Let's see. So we got to do Tara and Heather. Um, Okay, so. You could do a password style. No, no. This is how I'm going to do it. Okay. Uh, We're going to pair you up with your internet wives. Okay. 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 Tara is going to get clues from Sarah. Yep. And while that's happening, uh, the Fug Girls are going to take their headphones off. Okay. okay. And then we're going to do it. T- who can get it the fastest? You'll the same oh, right. way. Ooh, oh. That's okay. That's good. Right. I love right. it. So let me know when you're uh, you're going you going off air. I'm going. Yeah, off I right will. Now. I will type it at you. Okay. <laughs> me too. I'll let you know by typing when you're back. Okay. This is mega exciting. Okay. God, I'm so really freaking I'm going to give you the choice: who gives to who. What do you want to do, Sarah? Do you want to give or receive? Um, it's I'm out of it, so you pick. Um. Okay, I'll give. Okay, you're going to give. Okay. Okay. All right. Yep. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Potpourri. Potent potables. Uh, Jeopardy categories. Good. Three seconds. <laughs> yeah! Okay. <laughs> Thank God, because I couldn't think of a third one. <laughs> I'm going to get the bug girls back. I'm back. All that right. fast. We were being very <laughs> quiet. All right. Are we? Do we have Jessica and Heather back? I am back, Jessica is. Okay. Heather. Heather. Yell at her. I can, I can go tell her. Yell. Heather! <laughs> okay. You're back? You're back. Yes. All right. So okay. I'm going to give you guys the choice. Uh, who is, well, Heather, you pick since you are the person who stands the most to win and lose. Do you want to oh give gosh. or do you want to receive? Jess, which would you rather do? Ask or give? Which are you, you more comfortable you're better at? I don't oh. care. Oh. I'll give. Okay. okay so but Jessica's going to get the category and you're going to try to make Heather. But that's a lot of pressure on me. Either way, it's a lot of pressure. Go okay. ahead. Go for it. <laughs> All right, Jessica. Here is the category. Good luck. All right. Oh, my God. Wait. Three, okay. two, one, go. Potent potables. Categories on Jeopardy. Oh, oh they won. Oh, <laughs> two, awesome. two seconds <laughs> versus three seconds. That's amazing. Wow. Good job, ladies. Wow. Congratulations. Good job, everyone. That was good, guys. That was a fun game. That was so fun. All right, guys. Well, uh, Jessica, Heather, tell the good people listening where they can find you and what you're up to. Oh, well, you can find us on the internet at uh, gofugyourself.com. That's G-O-F-U-G yourself.com. Nothing rude. I believe um, you also have a book to You plug. can read our latest fictional exploits in a book called The Royal We, available at fine booksellers the world over. And uh, guys, what's going on at Previously TV? What do you got going in your lives? Um, yeah, you can read us on Previously.tv. I'm covering Under the Dome. And um, you can also buy our old book from many years ago, Television Without Pity, on Amazon. <laughs> you should. Sarah. 
I also have a book review. Uh, I didn't like the book, but you might like the review. It's of the Lufthansa heist, which you remember from Goodfellas. That's on NPR Books, npr.org forward slash books. And you can read more of my true crime writing at theblotter.com. And right. you can also read uh, Sarah's writing on Project Runway, our lead topic this week, all this season on Previously.tv. And if you like pictures of dogs, at Glark is where to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at Tara Ariano. All right, don't get greedy. Your time's just over. saying. I that is say it, it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We made it work. It being discussion of the 14th season opener of Project Runway. Before we checked in with Liv's face-off report, and we found out why we are all domer this week for existing in the same universe as Under the Dome. We went around the dial with stops at Daily Show. Uh, what was the other one, Tar? Uh, I am Kate. Thank you. True Detective, Big Brother, Becoming Us, and uh, Return of the Jedi commercial. Then the Fug Girls made their very successful pitch for... Actually, it was Heather's. Heather's pitch. Sorry, Jessica. No credit. Uh, I have no... I don't deserve it. She's there in spirit. We all loved it, but... Who sold it? It was, it was Heather. Uh, Melrose Place. Off her wig now. Yeah, <laughs> the bitch is back is the episode title. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Heather was the winner of this week's Pharaoh's Tomb Game Time, tying the whole season Woo! across the board at two apiece. Remember, Yay. we're listening. Why, I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, people who are way too excited about game time, <laughs> Sarah D. Bunting. It's a motherfucking walk-off. <laughs> Jessica Morgan. Sarah stole my line. <laughs> and Heather Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. I'm not going to mince words. Generally speaking, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> a lot of you have a big lump of coal up your rear ends. You either need to get that lump of coal out or turn it into a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh.